I see this a lot of times. Like if you're consistently working out every single shift for a couple of weeks in a row, you may all of a sudden start to see people joining you. If you don't, that's okay. It's all about you're going to benefit from it. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Now let's get started. How fit are you? If you're newer to the fire service, say two or three years in, you're probably still in reasonably good shape. After all, you had to meet minimum fitness standards at the fire academy. But unless you've kept up with the physical fitness regimen, you may be getting a little softer on the middle, or losing endurance, which could be deadly on the fire ground. My guest today says it's time to do something about that. And best of all, it won't kill you. It's just about habits. Aaron Zamzai was a firefighter training officer at the Madison, Wisconsin Fire Department. He has 20 years of experience as a fitness trainer for athletes and others. He created Fire Rescue Fitness and he lectures just about everywhere. And he has a podcast too called Better Every Shift. You can find it on FireRescue1.com. And Aaron Zamzow joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. Uh, we were just talking. I, I tell you, uh, my friend, you um, you motivate me. You keep uh, pushing me to get better every day. And, and um, I think we've now talked five years ago, uh, periodically throughout that time. And, and here you are and you're just, you're pushing forward and, and you keep making a difference. So that's really motivating. And anytime you reach out, I'm, I'm happy to talk. Well, thank you very much for the vote of confidence. I appreciate it. You know, we all have, have things that challenge us, right? And you could go one of two ways. You can let it defeat you or you can just keep trudging you know, and we're going to talk fitness. And I think that's the whole model that we'll talk with fitness too. You know, there's days where you don't feel well, there's days where you feel great, but the idea is just think about getting better every single day, try to contribute, try to continually serve, which, which you're still doing with this great podcast. And, um, you know, so again, thanks buddy. Let's talk. All right. So every firefighter had to pass the CPAT or something like it. So uh, why did they get out of shape in the first place after they've done that? Oh, boy. That's a very open. And how much time do we have? <laughs> I can go on for hours. Um, I thought you'd go on for days with that. Yeah. Yeah. I could, we could do a five-day workshop on this topic alone. A couple of things. I, I think... The fire service, and some people don't want to hear this, I do believe that we need some form of standard for the active member of the fire service for a couple reasons. One is, personally, you should have the attitude of, hey, I, I want to know I can still do this. And if you're losing a step or if you are losing a skill, 
It's a great reminder to get you back on track. Not saying that you will always be in that same level that you were when you were a recruit, but we need some checks and balances along the way. And, and one of the things I've worked on with uh, my department, I'm, I'm full-time in Madison, a training officer, and then I've talked to a lot of other departments on, is doing a, a, a work capacity, a minimum performance assessment. I call it an MPA. And you, you know, for your active members that they should, if they're riding on an engine, they should be able to do these six tasks in under you know this amount of time. And of course, you know, unions need to, to get behind this. And it's it's all about providing service. What's going to provide the best service to Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Well, the fact that I can do these tasks in this amount of time not only keeps things safe for our, our members of our department, but it provides the best service. So, you know, we came up with a, a, a quick a 10 or 15 minute assessment where, you know, you do, you go on air, you don your gear, go on air, do step ups with a high rise bundle, you do like 30 step ups, you walk around the truck, you pull a line and then you crawl back 75 feet and then you can go off air, you throw a ladder. You also then actively tag and, and flow water from a hydrant, attach it to the engine and, and you're done and you time that. And I think that's one form of minimum performance assessment. We also have one for ladder operations and the way that I'm trying to get this through my department and, and encourage other departments is to to do engine ops on one year, the next year you do ladder ops where you have to climb the aerial, you have to put up a roof ladder, you have to um, use the extrication equipment, you have to drag a dummy in under a certain amount of time. So I think going back to your original question, why do firefighters have a tendency to get out of shape? One is we need to hold them to a standard. If you get out of the academy and you do that assessment and it's, you know, you're, you, you get it in 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, three years later, you gain 15 pounds and now your score, your time is up to 12 minutes. It's kind of a, oh my gosh, yeah, now I can correlate my, you know, physical attributes with my performance. And and that's where there's always been a disconnect is how do we, you know, how do we assimilate those two things together? Some people can run a mile and a half really, really quickly, but that doesn't mean they can't, they can put up a ladder efficiently. Right. And that's, that's where I was going and, and what I was about to ask next, which is how does the usual workout routine apply to what you need to be able to do as opposed to being able to bench or whatever? Well, and I think like by doing this minimum performance assessment, you know, like I was saying, you know, you could bench press 300 pounds, but that doesn't mean you could climb up 30 steps on air very well. And so by having this, hey, this is stuff that's applicable. You could actually do all these things on a fire ground because that's the other part of it. When you look at running a mile or bench press or pull-ups or how many push-ups you can do or how long you can hold a plank, the argument always comes back to, well, I can put up a ladder. I can't run a mile and a half because my my knees don't, you know, I can't, my knees are shot, but I can put up a ladder and I can do what I need to do on the fire ground. Well, then this MPA says, okay, prove it. Just show me. And there's some research out there. The other step of this from like, you know, the exercise kind of physiologist in me says, all right, what correlations can we make? We use the mile and a half because VO2 submax testing you know, states that if you need between like, a, I think a 45 or whatever, 50 VO2 max, and, and that correlates to performance on the fire ground. There's some research out there, but, you know, 
unless it's in our faces, we as firefighters don't really want to see it. You know, BMI, everybody goes, well, BMI is not an is not accurate because muscle weighs more than fat. And you're like, yeah, that was 10 years ago, buddy. You know? Um, yeah, that's obsolete at this point. Well, and, and it's, I, I think we, it's obsolete because we kind of make it obsolete. But one thing that's not is body composition. I believe that if we had all of your firefighters doing body composition from the time they were in the academy to the time they were retired, you'd see obviously the trend of body composition going up, which is what we don't want to see. But if you're doing this MPA, you would see right away that your performance on these minimum performance assessments declines as your body composition goes up. And that's important for A, data, but B, like I said, this puts it in your face a little bit more. Yeah, maybe you're, you weigh more, you think you have more muscle, but it's not transferring to a better performance on the fire ground. So where I think we've been missing it is some departments say you got to run a mile and a half in this amount of time. You got to do push-ups. You got to do this. And in our mind's eye as firefighters, we go, well, that doesn't necessarily transfer to putting up a ladder physiologically it does because there's a lot of same systems, but you know, mentally now it's in your face. So going back to your original question, I think we need MPAs. I think we need to perform every single year, just something that shows if you're staying in fairly good shape, you should be able to do these tasks. The second part of this is I think, you know, I've been speaking about fitness. I've been very blessed to be able to do it for 15 years and you know, now I, I have my own podcast. I have my uh, firerescuefitness.com and been a, able to contribute to a lot of uh, committees. But I think the second part of this is to look at big picture, not just fitness, not just moving better mobility, but let's look at hydration, nutrition, and sleep. I think, you know, we all know we need to work out in the fire service, right? Like, you know, and, and our first conversation was about training more functionally and just getting more fitness, right? I think we mm-hmm. kind of touched on that a lot. And now I've been preaching this and a lot of people have. And, you know, I look at our members in the fire service, man, they're tired. And I'm sure that a lot of times they want to work out, but there's just not the energy there. So we reach for high sugar foods because we're looking for that energy. So, and that goes back to I believe sleep and hydration and kind of big picture. And and so the second part of a, we need to perform these assessments kind of to, to help ourselves check ourselves, if that makes sense. And then we need to focus on some of the factors that we don't talk enough about sleep, mental health, hydration, and put it all together. All right. Let's talk about fuel. Yeah. Food is always an issue, especially because you have to change chefs every shift, essentially. So the question then becomes, how do you ensure that the meals that you're getting are going to be good for you by today's standards as opposed to what we used to eat as kids or as firefighters 20 years ago? It's a a great question. I was just on a committee with the First Responder Center for Excellence. We have a nutrition committee. And they're very, very smart people, uh, very uh, smarter than me. I just get to kind of facilitate it. And we were just talking about this. And, you know, one of the analogies I, I think that really hit home with me is fires have changed over the last 20 or 25 years from the standpoint of now we have all these chemicals in goods that are all around our house. And that's changed the way the fire ground is, right? That's changed the fire dynamic. Well, 
That same concept applies to our food. There's so many chemicals in our food now, and food is so highly processed, and that's made its way in the firehouses, and that's also causing our bodies to produce energy differently. Sometimes quick bursts, but not long lasting, and it's leading to you know more obesity, um, weight gain, and diabetes. And so, when you look at nutrition, one of the best things you know, and I've been able to coach thousands of first responders over the years. First thing I always go back to is start drinking more water because every metabolic process gets better with water. And then just start eating real foods. Look at a label. And if you if it says sweet potato, that's a good start. But hey, that's one ingredient. You know, cereals. I rarely find just one, two, three, four. You know, and I always say five ingredients or less, you're okay. Maybe six if you can pronounce all the words, that's all right. Hmm. But start eating real foods. Uh, and then And I think portion control starts to then come more into play uh, because when you're eating real foods, you're getting more energy out of those foods. And the quality of that calorie, the quality of that energy uh, goes further. And then you start to, over time, not have these cravings as much. And and I think that's one of the best ways to control it. Um, I get a lot of questions about supplements and, uh, you know, should I be taking this or taking that? And I always go back and go, okay. When you look at the fire ground, when we teach someone how to pull a hose, you know, hose line, we, we teach them the basics, right? We teach them how hose loads should be done, nozzles, how much flow, you know, when you're, when you're pulling the, the hose line out, you want to make sure that couplings are, are set up certain ways and that you, you flake the line perfectly, right? It's a pro, it's a process. You, you teach one skill and then you, you add to that skill. Nutrition is the same way. Fitness is the same way. You start with the basics, right? Hydration, eating real foods. And then you go to, all right, make sure you're getting enough micronutrients, enough protein, enough fat, enough carbohydrates. Then you look at, make sure you're getting enough, um, or, you know, macro, then micronutrients. Then maybe you can look at supplements, but a lot of us want to go right to the top, (laughs) start supplementing, Mm -hmm. and we don't eat well to start. And so in that case, I think you're peeing stuff away. And you're missing the big picture. You're, you're trying to shortcut your 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 nutrition. It just doesn't work. All right. Well, let's talk about other things that are relatively new. For instance, yoga. That's one of your suggestions. How much success have you had getting firefighters to do yoga? I have a joke uh, that I post every once in a while, and it's, it says, "I was telling my firefighters that uh, yoga was a good workout." And they replied that they thought it was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, I know. It's a dad joke. It's not a good joke. Yeah. Dad joke. I was just talking, actually, today, uh, we did a training this morning, uh, joint training with some uh, police officers. And uh, we it got into talking about yoga. And they are in, integrating in some yoga and deep breathing after certain situations. And I know some departments are actually bringing in uh, some people to do yoga. There's now some research that talks about certain yoga positioning and breathing techniques can really help with trauma release. Uh, I think it's trauma release exercise, TRE, and there's research behind it. I I think one of the best things that yoga really helps with is A, breathing, B, posture, and C, getting us to slow down a little bit to take uh, just a mental picture of what's going on. I highly recommend that if you are a first responder, 
and yoga doesn't have to be this 30 minute, you know, you got to get all the yoga poses in. You can take five or 10 minutes, go off into a corner of the firehouse or go in a corner of your own house and just do some simple breathing techniques, you know, in through the nose, out through the mouth, six seconds in, you know, seven or eight seconds out for three or four minutes. And it can do a world of good. The research is is pretty abundantly clear that yoga, breathing, and anything that improves mobility is going to help you as a first responder. So for me, I'm almost 50, I know, and I try to do at least 10 or 15 minutes a couple times a week, especially if I worked a shift, didn't get a lot of sleep. Instead of doing that really high intensity workout, I'll do 20 to 30 minutes of just, I call it stretching work. It's basically just holding different stretches, just trying to stay as relaxed as possible. And uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of apps that you can follow for free and, you know, 20 minutes. And FRF, we have a couple different yoga routines. Uh, and I, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to be yoga. You can call it like truck stretching, you know, truck guys stretching 101. But mm -hmm. um yeah, it's it's something that I, I I firmly believe every academy should be teaching and every new first responder should be thinking about doing it. Now, if yoga wasn't enough, you also advocate meditation. What the heck does that have to do with fitness? <laughs> yeah, same thing, really. It's it's and I don't necessarily call it meditation. I just call it uh, a little bit of me time, um, and I, I incorporate them both together. Because personally, it's one of the things I'm not very good at meditating. It's I'm it's a work in progress. It's still, it's like fitness. It's like uh, doing a podcast. It's um, you, you have to work at it. It's not an easy thing, which I think is why people have a tendency not, not to do it because they think, ah, oh, it should be easy. And then they try sit in a corner and they're like, I can't do it. My, my mind is racing. Well, yeah, that's the point. The point is take a couple deep breaths, focus on nothing, just focus on what's going on around you, how you feel. I always add like a little stretch in there and um, just do that for two or three minutes. I try to do that at the firehouse one or two times a day. If we had a really bad call, I'll try to do that. Um, you can do it anywhere. You can just, you know, it's really just focusing on, uh, you know, breathing and uh, feeling really like just getting a, a kind of a, a, an idea of what's going on around you. I just, uh, I, I'm in the process of being promoted and now I'm in a whole new position, which means all new stresses. And before I have to do a size up or if I'm going to an alarm call, I just try to focus a couple of seconds, just focus on breathing easy, try to bring your heart rate down. And it's, it, it makes a world of difference in how I sound and how I, I think. And I think, um, you know, for somebody, I have limited brain capacity to start with. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so <laughs> meditation for me is just deep breathing. Just take a couple deep breaths. Take a couple moments throughout the day. Get out of the stress of the firehouse. Or if it's a, a conversation, you know, we've talked about this in the past too, where, you know, you can get caught in the old toilet bowl around the table. And I'm guilty of this sometimes as well. But like all of a sudden, well, so-and-so doesn't do this and chief doesn't do that. You kind of start going down this negative path. Just take yourself out of that environment, go upstairs, go to the bathroom, take a couple of deep breaths. I mean, and that can grow from 
one minute to three, four, five minutes. And it, but it does take work. And that's where I think we lose everybody because it's a skill. Now we're going to get into something a little harder. And that's leadership by example. Uh, How do you get firefighters to stay in shape when their company officers don't stay in shape? You can lead from the back. You can lead from the back seat. You really, I think, and I've had, I've had numerous conversations with members that I've coached over the years, emails. Um, and by the way, anybody who's listening to this, they can email me. Uh, you can reach me at zam at firerescuefitness.com. Any questions you have, if you're having this issue, uh, I think the biggest thing that you need to do is focus on your own health. I mean, you can always say, oh, welcome people. Hey, chief or hey, hey, cap or hey, lieutenant. I want to work out here. I'm going to do this today. You know, anybody on crew, if they want to join you, great. But if they don't, that's that's all right. You're still going to get something out of it personally. And I I, I believe that start that, set that example, and you'll be really surprised at how many people want to follow it. They may just not have the courage to start it themselves. Well, well, it's it's hard, though, when, when you're talking about a battalion chief, he's not going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting on the fire ground. Yeah, yeah, right. And they, they, oh, they have their emails and they got their desks and they got all that other stuff. But I think, you know, fitness is a personal thing. And if you're looking for someone to lead you down that journey, look in the mirror. Just start, start taking 20 minutes every single shift and, and working on mobility and, you know, a little bit of cardio, and that'll lead to 30 minutes. If you set the, that tone, and I almost, I see this a lot of times, like if you're consistently working out every single shift th- for a couple of weeks in a row, you may all of a sudden start to see people joining you and, and look around and you'll, you maybe will we'll start to see that more. Now, if you don't, that's okay. It's all about, you're going to benefit from it. In leadership in general, and I, I've been able to, to very fortunate to, to interview some of the most influential leaders in the fire service the last year. And they always talk about getting out of your comfort zone. And in the fire service, I think the, the people that are in a leadership position that don't do that, they're not necessarily leaders. They're just appointed officials at that point. And and for you to grow and for you to be better, just think about what what can you do every single day to improve your fitness? What can you do every single day to improve your skills? And set your set the example for yourself, for your kids, for your family. And then I think everyone else will start to follow. You know, at first they're going to probably not. But, you know, if you're genuine with trying to improve, things will start turning around. And I wish there was a magic formula for it. And, and there really is. It's called consistency. All right, Aaron, that sounds like a good place to leave it for today. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to talk to you here on Code 3. Thanks for making yourself available. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. And again, uh, thanks for motivating. Thanks for serving. And uh, again, if anybody's got questions, I'd, I'd love to talk, love to help them out. Just so people know, I don't love working out. It's a challenge for me, too. So those days where I don't want to work out, I look at people like Scott who motivates me to be better. And hopefully you can look at me just like, Hey, Zam doesn't like to do it, but he does it because he knows it's going to make him better. And someone else will start looking at you. And that's how we change this culture. So thanks for the opportunity, brother. Always good to talk to you.
And there's much more about firefighter fitness on our website at code3podcast.com slash firerescuefitness. All one word, fire rescue fitness. Check it out. It may save your life. So have you signed up for our newsletter yet? It's a weekly email of what we have coming up in the newest edition of the show. It's free and no spam comes with it. We never sell your address or give it to anyone else. Just go to Code3Podcast.com slash newsletter to sign up. Trust me, you'll love getting the reminder. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.